Uh, this just started. We are going, uh, we are alpha launching literally yesterday. Okay, so launching here in 2021. So you're, you're pre-revenue? Correct. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Tony Warnacci. He's grown over 10,000 small businesses and dozens of Fortune 500 companies, including ADP, Ford, and AutoNation, and became the Google Partner of the Year. Later, he returned to the entrepreneurship group to bring his strategy, tactics, and resources, normally reserved for large enterprises, to small businesses. He's now focused on making podcasts profitable for hosts and guests with Castosity. All right, Tony, ready to take us to the top? Yes, absolutely. All right. So talk to me first about the business. Is this a pure play SaaS company? Yeah, it's a pure play SaaS. Well, it's, uh, it's also a marketplace. And so what we do is we connect uh, podcasters and guests and help them uh, both monetize. Mm-hmm. So they both monetize differently. The uh, But really, there's three ways in common. The first way is by monetizing through direct sales. So that means I sell the host, the host sells the guests. That's the first way. The second way is through joint ventures. So aligning with the host or the guests to, to jointly promote something. And then the third way is, is through sponsorships. And so the, the platform is really focused on driving revenue through those three monetization strategies. And in 2020, which of those revenue streams is the largest? Uh, this just started. We are going, uh, we are alpha launching literally yesterday. Okay. So launching here in 2021. So you're, you're pre-revenue? Correct. Okay. Why do so many three things at once when you launch? I mean, there are massive companies that only do one of the three revenue streams you just mentioned. Yeah. Well, the reason why is because we're targeting smaller, um, uh, smaller businesses, smaller podcasters. So we're not going after big podcasters. And usually uh, the, the small businesses don't have a strategy across any of those three. And so the goal is to make it so literally out of the gate, the podcaster can break even because the average podcast doesn't last past, I think the number is six episodes because they have no way to monetize it. They're doing all this work, getting no benefit. And so what we're targeting is the smaller, my, my heart has always been for small businesses, almost like the underdog. And so the thought was to use that strategy. And so there's a CRM component because really at the, the, the crux of all this is relationships. So it's almost like a CRM for managing a relationships. So if you have a thousand podcasters on your platform that get on average 200 downloads per episode, 
what makes it worth your while? I mean, how do you actually make money on that? I mean, if, if you have a joint venture promoter product, I mean, you're going to be lucky to get like one sale promoting to 200 people on a podcast. Yeah. So uh, it's a su- subscription model. So the, the levels start at $37 and go up to $100 a month. And the idea is that they can break even right out of the gate. And so the first monetization strategy is to monetize the guest that's showing up on the show. And so what happens instead of the k- typical booking process where you might go through Calendly, what we do is we turn that into a shopping cart. And so what happens is someone goes to book and at the end of that process, they're upsold either the uh, idea to um, sponsor their own episode. So me as a guest would you know throw you a hundred bucks. You've already broken even. And, and the average podcaster has four interviews a month. And so that Why gets would I do that breaking. though? Why would, it, why would I go on a podcast with 200 downloads as a guest and then also pay $100 to do it? Well, it's interesting because there's a whole market for agencies. So there's a market of people that book people. I'm, I actually belong to one. They book uh, individuals on podcasts and they on, on average charge, I don't know, $1,500 a month. So I'm paying $250 just to get on an episode and the, get, and the host is making nothing. So the agency is making all the money. So people are doing that today, actually. And the idea is that if on I do large that- shows, On large shows. I mean, I get these pitches all the time. I probably get seven a day. But, but those agencies that charge their clients that want to be guests a $1,500 retainer month, they're committing to getting them on like 10 podcasts, but also they're trying to quantify how many views those podcasts get. So the small podcasters still get screwed. That agency is not going to make their client happy if they book them on a 200 download episode podcast. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate because that's not what I found because the way they pitch it is it's more about the quality of who you're being booked with and the size is there's a whole bunch of agencies that kind of move away from that model. Uh, and the idea is that to answer your initial question is if I get booked on that, that show, then I have some money to actually um, promote the show. Right. So the idea this, this kind of gets into the sponsorship model. The sponsorship model is not to just monetize as advertising. It's to add value around that podcast. So for instance, if I'm just launching my podcast, there's a certain value to the downloads, but what about your email list? What about your, your, your social media profile? So just because you're launching a podcast doesn't mean you have, inf- don't have influence outside of that. And so we well, yeah, are paved, paved.com and thoughtleaders.io really dominate the email space for this exact same concept. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. But the idea is to is to uh, have all that in one place where you can book with the podcast show and then they monetize it. So it's only, you know, it starts at $100 and it goes up from there. So yeah. the idea is to go after the smaller players. I just think we have people listening right now that have been on other podcasts and they're yeah. listening to you pitch the idea of, you no, know, now that they're not just giving an hour of their time to go be interviewed somewhere, they're also going to have to pay for it. And they're going, I don't, I would never do that. I don't like Tony's business model. But you say you've seen this. It sounds like you've seen this with an agency. So just to be clear, you have guests that are paying you as an agency $1,500 per month. And they're totally cool if you just go book them on 10 podcasts that average 200 downloads each for $1,500. Yes, correctly. Because you can still make a lot. So if I'm on, it's, it's I've more of an impact. This, by the way. I've never seen this. Yeah. Well, it's more uh, based on who you're, the, um, the guests that you are being interviewed or the host that's interviewing you. Because if it's an interview, with someone that has influence, it doesn't really matter the number 200 of downloads. 200 downloads. That's obviously, uh, you just said you want to have small podcasters. So we're not talking about you booking people on Joe Rogan here. No. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I think you're using an extreme example of 200 
podcasters or 200 downloads as well. I'm not saying that's my target market. Someone just starting. I'm saying there it's the smaller podcasts that haven't monetized yet. And so what we're simply doing is giving so them small? a path. Small? The kind of podcaster on your platform are going to have at least how many downloads per episode? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're probably going to have, you know, the ideal, you really start monetizing a podcast once you get to 10,000 podcast uh, episode downloads. So we're looking uh, somewhere Tony, probably that's between huge. that's top 1%. The average podcast download, the average podcast is less than hundred downloads. So you're not Correct. working with a small guy. I mean, you're working right. with no, the no, top 1%. That's my point though. That's what I'm saying is the average, what that not who we're targeting. I'm saying the average one really starts monetizing once they get to 10,000. So we're targeting the people below that. So below that, somewhere between 1,000 to 10,000. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking at the 200, we're looking at the 1,000 to the, to the 10,000. A lot of you guys will ping me out of the blue at asking for help selling your software companies, but I'm not a broker and I'm really focused on founder path right now, not helping folks sell their companies. So I'm always looking for great tools to recommend for you guys to quickly figure out what you could potentially sell your company for and how much cash you could get. That's where Flippa comes in. Now, here's my thing about brokerages, especially for selling your company. You guys should not have to pay a 10% brokerage fee when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into building your company for years that have a sale. All smart founders know, though, that the best way to maximize price is to have multiple options. So how do you get multiple options, multiple bids on your company without paying a broker 10% or more? Well, I recommend Flippa because they have the largest list of buyers for these sorts of digital assets, which almost always guarantees a bidding war. I tell my founder friends all the time to try Flippa's valuation calculator to see what their company is worth. And I encourage you guys to do it today. Go to nathanlacka.com forward slash Flippa right now to test out the valuation calculator for free. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash F-L-I-P-P-A. Okay, yeah. you've built it. You've built a beta list. It sounds like how many people are on this wait list? A uh, hundred. Okay. Uh, alpha. We're in alpha right now. We're That's in alpha. Beta, alpha. Who the hell cares, right? You got you got some interest early on, which is great. How'd you build yeah. that list? Actually, uh, we're doing it through our own process of joint venturing. So we have we'll launch in beta in March with at, at one of the largest conferences, and we have uh, roughly a hundred joint venture partners. Okay. How much? When are you launching pricing? And on the day you launch, how many do you expect to convert to paid? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's hard to say until we get through this alpha stage to see, you know, what the conversion rate. But you know, if we get say ten percent, you know, that would be a good place to start. And so we're looking just to see how many people because the way that it works is essentially the core part of the model is we're monetizing the booking process. So just like Calendly uh, doesn't have a monetization strategy, most people use Calendly or Acuity. We're create our own, and the whole idea is to monetize that process. And so, what happens is it's kind of self-generating. The lead generation is self-generating because every time someone books through the form, they become a lead in our system. I understand. So the, I fully get. I fully understand the product. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. You're going to try and get people in it. So, so, so you've got 100 people on the wait list. You're going to launch with joint ventures. I mean, isn't the right way to launch these ideas you're talking about is actually to launch an agency, not a software product? No, because why? Because I've done this uh, when I work with Google. This is a problem Google had. Google needed a feet on the street, and so to sell small businesses is very, very difficult to do that as a agency because the revenue is just not there. To your point earlier, and so software is really the best way to approach a small business market because the cost for acquisition is too high at the end of the day. Got it. How much money of your own your own money have you put into the company so far to get it towards that today? Not not too much, probably twenty thousand at the most. Okay. Did you raise I, it I, capital or no? I'll bootstrap. No, I bootstrapped it. Hey, and, we, we love that. 
Yeah, I program most of it myself. I mean, I, I, I've done some programming with Google before, so I'm able to create it myself very quickly. And we really put together the MVP in just, you know, less than six months. Mm -hmm. Why'd you leave Google? I mean, were you like, you know, making a bunch of money in a rich spot of Google? Were you one of the people that they just, you know, throw a bunch of leads into you doing calls all day, trying to close SMBs in, you know, some small town in America? Well, I wasn't, I didn't work for Google. I was their agency partner. And so there's, you know, roughly 10 in, in the world that were agency partners at the time, us, Reach Local, some of the major players. And so because of that, I got Why'd you stop access. that business though? That sounds pretty sweet. Why would you stop that? It wasn't mine. I, I ran it. I ran the agency. It was for a, a Fortune 500 company. So it was an internal and external marketing agency run by a Fortune 500 company. So you were, just, I mean, you were an employee at an agency that was run by Fortune 500 and approved with Google. Yeah, we were their top reseller. And so I got access to do a lot of things with Google and learned a whole lot about small business and what works and what doesn't work. And so what happened is after, you know, roughly 10 years of doing that, I wanted to go off and start my own company. And I really thought software as a service is the best way to do that. How I did much, have an agency. How, oh, how big was the agency? How, how much revenue in 2020? Yeah. So we, we got to a million dollars. And then I, with COVID and everything, we lost, you know, 90% of our revenue. So sorry, so 20, 2019, you did a million and 2020, it crashed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is when I decided to go and kind of do what I always wanted to do all along. All along, I wanted to do a software as a service. And company. how many people are on the team now today? I, we went down to, to just me because I don't, I didn't really need all the overhead and I essentially all this I can do on my own. I hear you, man. Listen, we're rooting for you. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, probably good to great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Oh, gosh. You can't go far without looking at Steve Jobs, obviously. He's always number, an inspiration. And number three, what's your favorite online tool for building castosity? <clears throat> uh, well, believe it or not, we built this whole thing up at WordPress. Wow. Uh, that's impressive. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I try to get seven. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? I am married with six kids. Wow. Busy guy. How old are you? I am 46. Okay, take us home. <laughs> take us home here. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Something, something what? What you wish you knew when you were 20? Oh, gosh. I wish I would have. Uh, I wish I would have got a mentor. That's probably the biggest thing you can do is get someone to mentor you. I wish I had quality mentors earlier, earlier on. Because he had an agency in the podcasting space, helping people get land books, working with sponsors, working with podcast hosts, now turning into software as a service with his company, castosity.com. They are pre-revenue launching paywall here shortly. 100 people on the wait list. He's put 20000 bucks of his own money in. We can, we'll see if he can make it work. Tony, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, thank you.